So, John, you're dead. Again? As always. Every week. It's Halloween. So you're dead at the hands of a sexually aggressive Harrison Ford. There's worse ways to go. In what three ways do you haunt him? Okay, I would crash his helicopter. Okay. I would... Like into his house or into something? His, yeah, yeah I, would, I would haunt the controls of his helicopter, so mm. he would crash it yet again. I mean, sure. technically, I think it's more of a plane than a helicopter, but yeah. Okay, sure. Great, great. Uh, I would... Oh, no. Haunt the controls of it so it makes it look like he's just a bad pilot. Yeah, that was that was what I was getting at, yes. Oh, right, so he's... I'm in not the... giving him a get-out clause. It's ah, totally okay. going to look like his fault. He's going to look like a doddery old man who can't stop crashing great. aircraft. <laughs> um, I would haunt him in the form of a overexcited Star Wars fan day in, day out, just asking him questions about specific Star Wars nice. lore that he nice. wouldn't give a shit about. Did he shoot first? Yes, exactly. Just ask him that every day constantly. Yeah. And after I had killed him, after I'd caused him to have a fatal heart attack, <laughs> I would drag him down to hell and make him suffer an eternity of endless celebrity interviews. Oh, God. Yeah, just a, an eternity on the interview circuit. Yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Harrison Ford. Whatever did he do to deserve that? I don't know. It was your game. He killed me. That's what he did. <laughs> Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really how, how that could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the box set. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set podcast where today we are pitching prequels sequels and spin-off ideas to what lies beneath the last of our ghost season for this halloween Ooh, it's gone uh, so fast hasn't it it has mm. i mean it always does because we always record a few weeks in advance so sure, like, it's not even halloween yet yeah it feels like october has just started and we're just finishing our yeah, yeah. whatever anyway we're just about to get ready for christmas Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they have posted on our social media pages but first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most ex-girlfriends. All right, it feels like a technicality more than anything, but sure. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, great, you've got two. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and joining me as always, the host with the most neglected pets is John Lucas. You've done that one before. I've, I've, done, I've done it all the time, but just specifically for this film, it kind of fits... I guess, sure. That dog mm. did not get very much attention. No, no, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah. talk about Chekhov's dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what lies beneath? This was the Patreon pick, right? Yes, this was one of our patrons, Bryony. So thank you, Bryony. Mm-hmm. Good call. Yeah, what did you think? I thought this film was crazy. Crazy? Yes, yeah. it is pretty mad. It... I, I, I really enjoyed it. Good, I'm glad, yeah. Um, yeah, it's all over the place in good and bad ways. And it's, it, it's never boring. It's what you want from a... A horror movie, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, it's just, yeah, it's a whole lot of madness. Yeah. Is, yeah. I would say this is two thirds of a really good movie. Sure. I think the first 45 minutes when Michelle Pfeiffer thinks that her next door neighbor has murdered his wife. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Lots of fun. Then I think the end, well, it is, you know, it, it's in a silly way. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think the last 45 minutes mm-hmm. when Harrison Ford, spoiler alert, goes full evil mm-hmm. is Great, great fun and very tense. Great horror movie yeah. There is, unfortunately, 45 minutes in the middle where just nothing happens. Yeah, I'll give you that. Nothing happens. Yeah. Like, th- this film did not need to be two hours and ten minutes. This is the epitome of a 90-minute movie. Oh, yeah. I don't know why they felt the need to make it as long as it did. Yeah. But on the whole, I really enjoyed it, too. Yeah. 
You know what I really liked about this? And I don't think you would see it very much today. Mm-hmm. This is a horror movie entirely without young people. Yeah. It's just two middle a middle-aged couple in a horror movie. Yeah. Two actors who are both probably pushing 50. I think Harrison Ford might have been over at that point. Mm. Just, just an adult domestic horror movie. I, I thought that really worked well. You didn't get distracted by annoying teenagers and all their fucking problems. It was just <laughs> two grown ass adults who, you know, they had their, they had their shit together except well, for all the murders. Yeah. yeah I on, the sur- on the surface, you know, and then, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just really like that. You don't see it very often. So yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's very true. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do a plot summary for this? Sure. Yeah. I will give it a whirl. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because there is a lot going on. We have this. a lot to cover. So, uh, so get comfy. Yeah. So what lies beneath? Mm. It came out in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge hit. Okay. Massive financial success. It was the 10th highest grossing film of that year. Okay. It made over 150 million in America and almost 300 million worldwide. It's and I remember, like, I remember this film being a, like, a kind of a sensation. Like it was, I think I saw it in the cinema. A sensation. It was in a weird way because it's not one of those films that people talk about today. It's not like mm. it's Titanic or Ghost where there's like loads of iconic moments particularly yeah. but i remember it being very popular yeah put it that way and i remember going to see it and i remember a lot of people going to see it yeah so i don't know why particularly because like i don't think stardom yeah but harrison ford and michelle pfeiffer yes big stars but i don't think they were in 2000 like super current no not particularly it just seemed like it caught well, on it's like he's harrison ford he's never not been like since star wars and yeah he's never not been a massive star it's only a few years after air force one which was also a huge hit so yeah harrison right. and, and like it's only a few yeah. years after she was uh poison ivy was, was she poison ivy or was she, she catwoman it was 12 years after she was catwoman harry that was like 1988 was it yes or maybe 1990 ish certainly not mm. certainly at least a decade Wait, who, who was she her Batman was uh, Michael Keaton. You're thinking of Uma Thurman, aren't you? I am, yes. Also, nobody went to see Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin and then thought, I want to see more Uma Thurman movies now. <laughs> that was not a good career movie for her, Harry. So, no. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But Michelle Pfeiffer was still I mean, I Michelle Pfeiffer was around. But like, yeah. yeah. That, I don't know. That, that was 90s, that film. Yeah, it was. And this was just, just on the cusp of 2000s. But yeah. Anyway, for whatever reason, it was a huge hit. Mm. And it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who we've done oh, loads yeah. with. Yeah. He's one of our most repeated directors. Uh, obviously, Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Was he Forrest Gump as well? Forrest Gump, yes. yes. Yeah, he's done a lot. I'm, I'm mm. sure there's more. I think we've done quite a lot. Oh, Castaway. Yeah. Because mm. he, he, he filmed this, interestingly enough. Mm. He filmed this really quickly. I don't think anyone thought this was going to be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. But he filmed this in the like three-month waiting period when he was waiting for Tom Hanks to lose the weight. Oh, right. Was it, was it, was it that? He lost, he filmed the fat scenes first and then got fit, not the other way around, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I don't think he was fat. No, in, no, but I mean in, like in, in comparatively. Way, but yeah, like when he got super skinny. Yes. Yeah. yeah he, in the period of him waiting of waiting for Tom Hanks to change his physicality right, yeah. for the film, he's like, oh, I'll just, get, I'll just make a $300 million ghost movie yeah, while I'm waiting. Yeah. Quickly whack this one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about being on a winning streak. So, yeah. Uh, not that I like Castaway very much, but this. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this did very well. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, so this came out in 2000. It is a classic ghost story in many mm-hmm. ways. So Michelle Pfeiffer stars as a, I think she's called Claire. Is it Claire? Yeah. That rings a bell. Yeah, maybe. Doesn't matter. Know. Anyway. Oh, so also, also by this way, by the way, uh, this film written by Clark Gregg. Oh, I was, I was, oh, I'm so disappointed. I was going to like drop that on you later. Yeah, it was written by Agent <laughs> Paulson. Yeah. Coulson. A- Agent Coulson. Sorry, um, what do I know? Yeah, like I, I, I saw it at the start and I was like, is that actually like that Clark Gregg? Like, is he is he a writer of films? And like, I got to the end of this film, I was like, this film's actually really good. Yeah. Like for the most part, like mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, he's written three films, so he's not a massive screenwriter. He's got good quality control, though. But I mean, uh, I don't know what the other two are, but... No, I mean, one of them's got... Um, was it Joe Gordon? Whatever in it? Called Choke. Oh, no, wait. No. Um, Ryan Reynolds? Or Ed no, Norton. Ed Norton. Okay. F- if it's the one I'm thinking and of... And it's the same director as Fight Club, I think it is. Yeah, if it's the one I'm thinking Something. of, I saw it in an... In- it was weird, but good. Yeah, I... I is I, it I, a guy who, like, deliberately chokes on, like, sandwiches and stuff to get attention? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, f- I thought it was... Is it not Ryan Gosling? Um, give me one second. I, I think it's I could a, swear I, it was O'Brien. I might be wrong. It's either a Gosling or Sam. Oh, not even close. Okay, <laughs> we're we'll just circling around that era. Yes, I saw that in a cinema. It was very strange. Yeah, not bad, but strange. I mean, it's been like fifteen years. It was odd but interesting. By yeah. the synopsis, I'm I'm in. Sure. I mean, we could do it one day. Yeah. A sex addicted con man pays for his mother's hospital bills by playing on sympathies of those who rescue him from choking to death. Yeah, that's the film. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. The mum is Angelica Houston. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. What do you know? Mm. Um, what was the other one? 2008. What? Uh, oh, no, I don't know. And something no, else. No, nothing notable. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, so cool. Yeah. Just, just a little... Good little tidbit. Yeah, he uh, yeah he wrote this film. Yeah. Yeah. So Michelle Pfeiffer is a kind of stay-at-home mom whose um, only daughter has just gone away to college and she's kind of not handling it particularly well. She's having kind of a hard time with her daughter having left the household. Yeah. On the plus side, she gets to shag Harrison Ford on a nightly basis in a fabulous lake house. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Every cloud, you know, yeah. silver linings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Harrison Ford is her husband, but not the daughter's father, which no. we learn, which is kind of unimportant, but I guess it's just, I don't know, to make it less sad. I mean, the daughter is unimportant to this. The daughter, n- never seen again. Like It's yeah. bizarre. Why include her? Well, I think the idea of, of like Michelle Pfeiffer as like an empty nester kind of plays into like sure. the psychology of it. But you're right. The daughter isn't really a character. No. She drops the daughter off at college in the first five minutes of this movie. And then we never see her again. She's ne- never even spoken about Never again. see or hear. Yeah, that's the funny thing. She's never heard from or spoken of again, which is yeah. Yeah. It's like they just forget she exists. Yeah. It's but, weird that like... Because Michelle Pfeiffer through this film is going through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like from an outsider's point of view, she is literally going insane yeah. and she's going to a therapist and even the therapist is like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the therapist and his terrible, terrible advice. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, all this is going on and her daughter is just nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard from. Imagine if your mother... Harry, this is, I hate to tell you, this is what people are like. This is what students are like. We, how do you know your mum didn't have a complete mental breakdown when you left home? Well, I kept in touch. Sure, yeah. The odd text, the odd phone call. Maybe she was putting on a brave face, you know? We I don't mean, know. Yeah, well, sh- sure. But at least I was texting and phone calling. I feel like there was nothing going on sure. between these two. Okay, sure. Well, maybe they just weren't important scenes, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so Michelle Pfeiffer, she's a classic empty nester in her fabulous lake house, married to Harrison Ford, who is a world-renowned scientist, because mm-hmm. they always are in these films. <laughs> no one's just like a vet. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's to justify the lake mansion, because their house was fabulous. But it was his dad's house. Yeah, true. Yeah, they could have inherited it. Yeah, I don't know. it could have just yeah. been that he's from money. Well, the scientist part comes from, uh, we find out quite early on, that he is specializing in some kind of sedative mm-hmm. that kind of makes rats conscious but paralyzed. Yeah. Which is one of the many giant Chekhov's guns this film just like drops and oh, leaves for later. Oh, is that what it was? All right, I, I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't clock what was going on in the lab. I just sort of thought, oh, just obscure science stuff. Mm. He's a scientist of science. No, there's a scene where you see them administering the same 
sedative that he gives to Michelle Pfeiffer at the end to the rats. And they're like, how long can they, um, how long does that hold them? Oh, about 10, 20 minutes. Oh, can you do it on all mammals? Yes, even a human, theoretically. It's it's very <laughs> Chekhov's gun. It's like, well, this is coming back, clearly. <laughs> Not for the last time in this movie. But yes, so Michelle Pfeiffer is married to sedative scientist Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Their daughter, her daughter has just got off to college. She's having a hard time of it. But they seem like they're a happily married couple. They're very, very handsy, considering they seem to have been together for like 20 years. They just yeah. can't stop having sex. Um, well, they just got rid of the daughter, haven't they? True, it's like, woohoo. Yeah. yeah. But yes, so while she's dealing with her loneliness in that, in this big old house, mm-hmm. she becomes fixated on a pair of new neighbours mm-hmm. who are a younger couple who seem to have a very kind of tempestuous relationship. That yeah. She keeps seeing them out the windows, having these quite dramatic fights in the mm-hmm. on their driveway. But then at night, she also hears them having very loud and passionate sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which leads to the scene where her and Harrison Ford try to uh, compete, see if we can take him. I think of the words. Like. <sighs> oh, I hate it. I just thought, poor everyone else on this street. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a busy street, considering their backyard is literally a lake. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I just don't like to know that other people have sex. Sure. Yeah. Just keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it to yourselves. Yeah. Please do. What is he doing to her? I guess they're making up. Wait. Leave it open. Think we can take him? It's worth a try. She becomes fixated on this couple. And one day while she's in the garden, she overhears the woman, the young woman, crying, uh, seeming to be very distressed. Mm-hmm. And she tries to talk to her, but the young woman kind of runs away and she seems very scared, yeah. basically. And that sets off all of Michelle Pfeiffer's concerns, basically. Mm-hmm. And then shortly afterwards, the young woman appears to disappear. Mm-hmm. Like she can't, she's not seen again. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer goes around to the house. It seems like there's no one there, but she still sees the husband occasionally come in and out. But she finds a bloody shoe. She finds a bloodstained sandal. Yeah. Which, which is never explained. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That, that, never explained. No. <laughs> But we'll get to how this plot is just point is just entirely dropped about yeah. halfway through the movie. Yeah. But yeah, she finds a bloodstained sandal and she starts literally just watching this man like mm. round the clock. She becomes, it's, it's like rear window. She just becomes obsessed with him. It's like, yeah. she's on the phone to her sassy best friend being like, he's eating a dinner for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, we'll get to the sassy best friend. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the great sassy best friends. But there's a bit where she's, we're watching him through binoculars from yeah. her own bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at her in yeah. that classic horror movie, like, oh my God, he's looking right at me. He must have seen me. How on earth did he see her? Yeah. Because if it was something like supernatural going on, which, you know, this film is implying because it's a ghost movie. We've hit it for ghost season, so there's got to be a ghost element to it. Sure. So I'm expecting something supernatural going on. There's nothing at all yeah. in that area. Mm-hmm. So how on earth did he just suddenly start looking at the, at the exact place that she was in a darkened room Looking, looking Unless she was binoculars. being very unsubtle, and maybe like the lamplight was reflecting off their binoculars. I don't know. Maybe it's it's yeah, a stretch. I, yeah, I mean, it turns out to mean nothing. It's it signifies nothing. nothing. Yes, yeah. it, re- it really got to me. <laughs> it really got to me that I I basically invested like forty five minutes of my life into a red herring into yeah. this going on and nowhere. 
<laughs> literally nowhere. She sees him carrying what looks like a body yeah. into the boot of his car, mm. and then she looks again, and the car has disappeared. This car, which multiple times in the movie, just appears and disappears silently, mm-hmm. completely randomly. And it would have all been a bit better if they'd done some sort of Chekhov's hallucination at the start, or sure, something yeah. like that. Just anything that would kind of explain any of that away. But nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It just went nowhere. That's what I mean. It's like this film is in like three distinct chapters. And yeah. Yeah. But in the, anyway, you're right. So she sees him apparently throwing a body shaped bag in the back of this car and then it disappears. And she, yeah. she's really convinced that something really dirty has gone down. Yeah. Harrison Ford is very skeptical. He doesn't believe her. He thinks mm-hmm. she's under too much stress, whatever. Stress from what? I know, she does shit. Do, she does shit all. Yeah. Just picking roses. and Yeah. Like yeah. she's got a very cushy life. Yeah. Well, it turns out she's had some kind of mysterious accident a year ago that no one really talks about. They, they kind of, that kind of weaves in and out of this car oh, yeah, accident. Yeah, that seemed to be like not in her memory at all. Yeah. And I was I was really wondering what was going on there, where that was going, where mm. she didn't remember that like her husband died or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Again, nowhere. No, 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 that did go somewhere. Did it? Yeah, no, because that was her repressed memory. They keep mentioning that she had this car accident and she's kind of like, oh yeah, I guess I did. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, she has a, the memory comes back that she's, discovered her husband with the student girl Mm -hmm. and then she was so upset that she drove off at high speed and that's when she had the accident yeah so they did go somewhere really okay sure sure i was just i think i was just expecting something a bit more either well well just connected or supernatural Mm. or just something to do with like harrison ford has been drugging her this whole time so that she forgot this time when whatever i think it's all just like playing around with her mental state to make you think oh is she crazy is she not yeah because she can't remember this accident so yeah it's not quite a red herring but it's kind of a yeah a a slight mislead yeah anyway so she becomes obsessed with this case she's convinced this guy has killed his wife as she kind of continues to investigate that she also starts to experience paranormal activity in her own house yeah so there's lots of the front door keeps blowing open mm-hmm. and pictures start falling off shelves mm, and uh, yeah. she sees visions of a drowned woman in the lake yep. and uh, her the, bath, ba- the, bath the bathtub full. keeps, yeah, the bath keeps mysteriously filling with water, yeah. Yeah, which is probably the main one. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she's having a bit of a, t- a hard time with all of this. It's starting to really freak her out and she's convinced that there's been a murder, mm-hmm. but Harrison Ford is like, no, no, you imagine anything. You need to calm down. Mm-hmm. He's not very sympathetic. No. Uh, and he actually suggests that she should see a therapist to deal yeah. with it. And so she goes to some kind of counsellor and they're having a session. And this therapist, she says, she explains that, oh, I've got a lot of anxiety. I don't sleep very well. And uh, I think my house is haunted. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm experiencing all of these paranormal things in the house. Mm-hmm. And this professional psychiatrist's advice is, I guess you should try and talk to the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, like a Ouija board? He's like, yeah, like a Ouija board. Yeah. What professional therapist would give that as the advice? I, I don't know. because Get a Ouija board because like, and speak to the dead. That, that means that that therapist full on believes in ghosts. Or because, he's saying, well, do it and nothing will happen and then you're like... But so, I, don't, I don't think that if anybody uses a Ouija board, nothing happens. They yeah. then, oh, well, I guess ghosts aren't real then. No, true. I, I think if you've got to the point where you're, I'm going to buy a Ouija board mm-hmm. and, you know, keep that with my Monopoly set... I mean, um, it really was a Fisher-Price Ouija board. That did really well. <laughs> Where did you get it? Walmart. <laughs> just, just literally between Monopoly and Guess Who. Just <laughs> yeah. Ouija board by Fisher-Price. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I think that just, I, I checked out at that point. Uh-huh. Like I got, I checked back into the movie. Oh, God, but, yeah, you came back, yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I think I checked out for the middle bit after the therapist basically said, yeah, just talk to the ghost. Like, oh, yeah, come on. That, that They could have handled that transition a little bit better. No yeah. professional therapist worth their salt would advise a disturbed patient to get out a Ouija board. No. <laughs> yeah, but she does. She, she and her sassy best friend, who I loved. Mm-hmm. The best friend was one of my highlights of the movie. And I, talk about Chekhov's guns, I was like convinced <laughs> that the best friend was like, oh, she's going to die. Yeah, she's same, your classic same. best friend. She's your sassy best friend who gets murdered halfway through the movie to raise yeah. stakes. No, she lived. Nope, she did very well. Yeah, she lived. She did, She wasn't in it as much as I would have liked. No. But she was a lot of fun. Uh, but this Ouija board scene, I had a great time with. So her <laughs> and the best friend are like, Doing the Ouija board, they're in the bathroom, they're kneeling down, they've lit a ca- they've lit a candle. And I I was just imagining the conversation that happened beforehand. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer calls off her best friend and just like, Hey Sally, so I'm having a problem with this ghost. Mm-hmm. And Sally's like, oh, what? <laughs> what? What what are you on about now? What's what's this? And I want to uh, I've got this Ouija board and I want to communicate with the ghost, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do it alone. Really don't want to do this with you right now. You're you're just too much. Just like I'll bring wine. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> I feel like best friends seemed up for it. She seemed like very like up for a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the wine helped, but yeah. certainly like I can imagine this being the kind of friend who'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? Mm. I'm game because she mm-hmm. she didn't take it very seriously. Like there's lots of joking and laughing. Yeah, yeah. No, I really liked the best friend. Yeah. She, was, she was. I wish that she was in it more. She was lots of fun, very charismatic. Yeah. They do the seance and they try and commune with the. <laughs> I just remember my favourite line of the movie, which comes after this, which is, "I'm not crazy. I did a séance." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some great dialogue in this, but they do the Ouija board, and initially nothing happens, as always is the case of Ouija board. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, nothing's happening. Oh, let's laugh yeah. it off. And then, of course, the lights go out, the door creaks open, the candle dies. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, darkness, darkness. Ooh. Yeah. The best friend's facial expressions in this yeah. moment. Did you clock it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. I, mean, I can't do it on a podcast, but she literally was like... <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> a very campy face of shock. It That's was, yeah. She it. she knew what movie she was in, this best friend. Oh, yeah, she yeah. She was great. She had the wig, she had the dresses, she had the wine. more of her. Ah, so much more of her, yeah. More characters that were her. Yeah, exactly. Just bringing a bit of levity. Yeah. But anyway, so it looks like, oh, we're going to get a ghostly moment, but then, of course, the fucking dog jumps in. Yeah. And then they all just forget anything ever happened. They yep. just stop thinking about it. And it's yep. like, and so, yeah, then the best friend leaves. It's like, don't tell my husband. Yeah. So, yeah. She's dead. Who's dead? You know damn well who's dead. Oh, this is your friend. Listen to me. He killed her and I'm not crazy. Jody and I had a seance in the bathroom. And Jody and I, and nothing, nothing happened. But when I went back there, she was there. She was. The seance doesn't really go according to plan, mm. but... She continues to experience these paranormal experiences and her relationship with Harrison Ford starts to disintegrate a little bit. He isn't taking her seriously and Mm -hmm. he accuses her of just like being desperate for attention and trying to distract from him at a very important moment in his career Mm because he's got on this some kind of ill-defined study that he's working on that's very important to him. And he's like, are you trying to take this away from me? Blah, 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 blah. Their relationship's not good at this point. But they end up at some event, some like, I think some science university event. Mm -hmm. And by now she's like really wound up about the fact that her neighbor next door has killed Mm -hmm. her husband and all that stuff. Her wife, sorry, has killed his wife. She's really wound up by the idea that this neighbor next door has killed his wife. Yeah. And she sees the husband at this party Mm -hmm. and she very publicly just kind of screams in his face. I know you killed your wife, you Mm -hmm. bastard. (laughs) 
it's it's a lot like she yeah. really goes in it's great uh, i love everybody else's reactions around they all, they all just stop walking past and just like oh okay. yeah it's like, <laughs> i'm gonna stay here for a while yeah you know everyone's like grandma wine this, <laughs> this night just kicked off this yeah. got good like, that would be totally how i would react in this moment yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, well, I didn't kill my wife. My wife is right here. Yeah. And then boom, Miranda Rosso from Lord of the Rings. Eowyn turns up. Oh, is that who it was? It was Eowyn, yeah. I knew I recognised her. Yes, yes, that's who uh, it was. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. There's no coming back from that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then that plot just disappears. It completely dies at that moment. Well, it's great. Like, they, they do go to another party later on and she, she sees them and... The husband has the best reaction ever, which is to pretend to strangle his wife. I loved that. That was such an art, such a <laughs> dick it, move. Because yeah. it was so inappropriate, but yeah. also so funny. That at was the same hilarious. Time. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, it's good. Well, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer has like one scene with Miranda Otto after the big reveal where mm. they're like in the garden, and then she's like, "So what was happening that day when you were crying and seemed really upset and scared yeah. of your husband?" And Miranda Otto is just like, "Well, I love him." Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that plot's over. Yeah. Bye, bye, okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, they, they're at the party and that's Yeah, it. sorry, but this film is not that anymore. No, yeah, we're, we're moving on. We're into chapter two. Yeah. And then we, we enter the, the slow middle of the movie when I really drifted out because mm-hmm. nothing happened for quite some time. Yeah. So what did happen? Well, now that she's been confronted with the fact that she was delusional about the next door neighbor being yeah. murdered, she kind of accepts that maybe she's it's all in her head. Mm-hmm. So she's back at the therapist and she says, look, I think I'm suffering from a very extreme version of emptiness syndrome. And I think I'm just not handling the fact that my daughter's gone away yeah. and it's making me see things that aren't there mm-hmm. and I need to get help for that. So she seems to like, she's taking a very mature self-aware approach to it. Mm-hmm. But then she goes to another party and another like one scene exposition character comes up and says, Hey, don't you remember that time last year when you got so upset and you'd crashed your car? Yeah. And she's like, Oh my God, I did do that, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> and she unrepresses her repressed memory, mm-hmm. which is that she, on the night that she had the car accident, she caught her husband, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, with a younger a younger woman, mm-hmm. a student. Yeah. And that's what caused her to drive away. Yeah. And so she confronts Harrison Ford and he admits that he did have an affair that mm-hmm. caused her to have this car accident. But then because she'd forgotten about it, they just didn't talk about it ever again. Mm-hmm. And he hopes that he could like repair the relationship and he's very apologetic. Mm-hmm. And he claims that this girl was like obsessed with him, all this stuff. Anyway, so she relearns all of this stuff that she'd completely forgotten and repressed. Mm -hmm. And she does some digging, she does some investigating. And she ends up visiting the mother of the the girl, Mm -hmm. who it turns out that that girl, after having an affair with her husband, disappeared and was Mm -hmm. never seen again. So instantly suspicious. She goes to visit the mom. And while she's visiting the mom, she finds a, she finds a lock of this girl's hair. Yeah. And she takes that home with her. Because that's what you do <laughs> when you visit a dead a dead girl's mm-hmm. bedroom. Yeah, and she takes that lock of her home, and then the lock of her causes her to become possessed by the spirit of the girl. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is where the film got weird. Uh, yeah. And then there's this whole scene where she seduces Harrison Ford in this new persona very aggressively. Like, mm-hmm. so aggressively, that I was like, he should stop this. I feel like she's going to bite his dick off. Yeah. Louise called the same thing. Yeah, I was like, she's in full dick biting mode. Like, yep. <laughs> do not do this. Do yeah. not. Also, I did not get the impression that he was into it at all. No, 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 no. Because he was very much hard reactor. It's like, oh, that was a brand new shirt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some of Harrison Ford's line readings in this film were great. Uh, <laughs> a new shirt. 
It's my only shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know how Harrison Ford, everything is like very deadpan. Mm. That makes him a very good villain in this film because he's not being like, you know, ha ha ha, I'm the yeah. villain. It was just very like underplayed, which I liked. It yeah. made him more sinister in mm. a way. So yeah, so there's this weird moment of possession when she like attacks him almost. And then she snaps out of that and once again kind of accuses him of this affair and he mm. kind of, I think that's actually, I think that's when she finds out he's had an affair and then and he admits everything to her and he says he's very sorry. And she goes and stays with sassy best friend for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and finds that he has attempted suicide mm-hmm. by uh, dropping a hairdryer in the bath. Yeah. Which is of all the ways to go. I feel like he's a, he's, he's a man of science. Yeah. He's probably a bit smart. It's a fake suicide actually, isn't it? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was, was, was going to say, it's you, a find, good you, you find a better way to do it, but. It's a fake suicide. So yeah, I mean, it's clearly a fake suicide, so yeah. that's why. But yeah. So they're, they're trying to like build their relationship back and forgive each other. Mm-hmm. But the spirits keep drawing her. Mm. They keep drawing her towards the lake at the bottom of the garden. Yeah. And uh, on one night, she jumps in, does a deep dive, mm-hmm. finds a box mm-hmm. on the on the bed of the lake, mm-hmm. fishes it out, opens it up and finds the necklace belonging to the student. Well, there's, uh, there's a, a fair bit leading up to that. So the first time she jumps in, he's there and he yeah. pulls her out he basically saves her she doesn't realize that she's done this like she's been possessed to do this yes so yeah yeah he, it feels like after she gets the lock of her she's constantly being possessed by the ghost yeah that's drawing and the, the last one he finds that he finds out about the lock of hair mm. and they burn it yeah but then she finds a key just in a vent in the floor just randomly yeah i think it's the it's not it's the ghost drops it out of her dressing gown oh is it she's right. in the bath no, um, no, 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 because she finds the key earlier. It's an event underneath the desk oh, in the office. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. And then she puts, she, she, it doesn't fit anything, so she just puts it in the pocket of her dressing yeah, gown. Yeah, and then it falls out in a mysterious way. Yes, yeah. later. Mm-hmm. And then that's when she's like, oh, okay, maybe I should go and get that box that I have a weird memory of that's at the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Okay, and so she just goes and gets that in the middle of the night. Yeah. I don't know how on earth she managed that. Well, I love that they just decided not to show that scene. Yeah. They just, like, show her coming out looking all wet with the box. It's like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, goes home and opens the box and what's in it? I forget. A necklace belonging to the dead girl. God, which really one thing after another, isn't it? <laughs> this film has so many twists and turns. Oh my god, I found a key. I wonder what the key could be for. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I found a box. Oh, I wonder what could be in this box. Hmm. I'll go and get. I guess I'll go and get that later. <gasps> Maybe that key opens it. Okay. Oh, I'm going to open the box. What's in the box? <gasps> oh, it's a necklace. But the necklace has the same symbol that's on the outside of the box anyway hmm, wonder what this means i'm gonna go to this shop oh this shop has this symbol everywhere what is this it's it's <laughs> it's like a computer game yeah. and also where does that go i don't feel yeah. like she learns anything from it well the necklace belongs to the student and that's how she figures out yeah, that Harrison must have killed the student i figured that out the minute i saw the picture of the student because sure. she was wearing a necklace and then but where michelle pfeiffer just goes for the hair that's next to the picture Sure. It, it didn't make any sense. Okay. Well, no, no. Sense isn't a big part of this film, but like the like the minute that I hear that there's a missing girl, I didn't even clock that that girl was Harrison Ford's previous affair, mm-hmm. even though apparently that was obvious. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, Harrison Ford killed that girl. Like, it's very obvious. Yeah. Well, you know, you're watching in a movie. Like, she's in a movie, so she doesn't know. Yeah, yeah but I got that like four or five clues before she got it. Sure. Okay. No, you're right. I mean, this movie could have been condensed. It could very easily have been condensed. This yeah. middle part could have all gone, but yeah. whatever. We just had to sit, suffer through this to get to the end, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. So she accuses Harrison Ford of murdering the girl, and Harrison Ford initially says that he didn't murder her, but mm-hmm. she, after they had an affair, became obsessed with him, 
and he came home one day to find that she'd committed suicide in the house. Mm -hmm. And so rather than like ruin his career and his marriage and his whole life, he disposed of the body. Yeah. And he kind of begs for forgiveness. And Michelle Pfeiffer says, you need to tell the truth. You need to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And she hands him the phone and he appears to phone 911 and say, please send around the police because Mm -hmm. I need to talk about this disappeared girl. I've got information about where her body is. Yeah. And so then Michelle Pfeiffer goes upstairs, but it turns out Harrison Ford didn't call 911. He Mm -hmm. called 411, (laughs) which I think is like the equivalent if somebody here in the UK called the speaking clock. (laughs) You know, it's just like, he's just saying all this stuff, but there's no one on the other end. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's when Harrison Ford goes full psycho killer. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, Harrison Ford is a villain. Not often seen, but I liked it. In this. No, it worked. It worked, yeah. He attacks her, Michelle I think Pfeiffer. it only worked because she was always on the back foot. Yeah. If she was a perfectly capable person in this, then I don't think it would have been that scary because it could have been just like, well, I'll just run away from you. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were moments, but... Uh, well, like, it's just because he very quickly gets the drop on her. Like, the minute that he's revealed to be the villain, mm. like, the minute that she works out that he's he's the villain and he's not being truthful. Yeah. He then chloroforms her. Sure. Like, like the instant. And then from then on, she's constantly struggling to move. So, mm-hmm. sure. yeah. But I think, again, this is why I think it's really good to have like middle-aged actors in this because yeah. they've been married for 20, this is like her husband of like 20 years who's suddenly a psycho killer. Like, I think that adds to it more than just being some random guy. I thought, uh, uh, it, during these scenes, I thought that the film was building towards and I was disappointed that it didn't build up to uh, the two of them crawling to try and get some object oh okay like what uh, trying to outcrawl each other oh because okay. you know she gets mostly paralyzed mm-hmm. he has a very bad injury to the head and neck yeah and uh you know can't really move very much either and i was like okay this is about to get really pathetic and i can't wait yeah <laughs> and it never did no that would have been fun i know what you mean but yeah. uh I, I i do think the end really picks up i really mm. like this whole sequence so he paralyzes her with the sedative that he's used on the rats which basically yeah. means that she's fully conscious but she can't move. Yeah. And he puts her in the bath and he turns the taps on. He, he's going to drown her. Um, it's a bit of a Dr. Evil way to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. It's a very long walk. Mm-hmm. But I guess the idea is that he wants to make it look like a suicide. Like he wants yeah. it to look like she's drowned herself. In the yeah, bath. yeah. Yeah. So which, fair enough. So fine. And it is a great scene because then she's, she can only really move her eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like the guy in the teddy bear in Midsommar. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, she knows what's teddy happening. Teddy bear. But, or in the bear, in the bear. Right. <laughs> that was a real bear. It was a real bear, so yeah. So she's moving her eyes around and the water level is rising, 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 rising. Yeah. And he's just sat watching her drown, which mm-hmm. is you know very chilling. Mm-hmm. But then just near the last minute when it's coming up around her neck, he spots that the necklace belonging to the girl mm. is around her neck. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, better remove that because that's going to be very incriminating for me. Mm-hmm. So he kind of leans in to unclasp yeah. it. And while he's doing that, Michelle Pfeiffer transforms into the body of the dead girl. Yeah. The decomposed dead girl. Yeah. Um, it makes him jump. It makes him jump, yeah. I like to listen to well going, boo! Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of boo moments in this film. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I, I like this as a way of taking down the villain. It wasn't like she stabs him through the heart or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like he literally just jumps and smashes his head. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he doesn't die right then, but it's close enough. Yeah. Yeah, so he... Jumps back, he slips, he smacks his head against the sink. Mm-hmm. Goes Smash, down like, smashes a mirror. Goes down like a sack of spuds. Yeah. yeah. He's fully out. And then we've just got a long, very tense sequence of Michelle Pfeiffer very slowly trying to like fight against this sedative yeah. while the water just gets higher and higher and it goes over her mouth. It mm-hmm. goes over her nose. It's very well done. Like, this yeah. is, I was genuinely, even having seen the movie years ago, I'd forgotten exactly what happened. I was mm-hmm. very much like, shit, mm-hmm. shit. Like, it, it's good. Yeah. It's very well played. Yeah. But yes, she manages just at the last minute to get enough control over her toes to pull the plug out. Yeah. Yeah. And 
as she regains consciousness, I guess, mm-hmm. she manages to like fully drag herself out of the bath, but mm-hmm. she finds that Harrison Ford isn't on the floor anymore. Mm-hmm. Classic, the villain's disappeared kind mm-hmm. of yep. thing. Then she looks over the banister and he's kind of managed to crawl his way downstairs, but he's passed out again. Yeah. Again, I like that. He seems to have gone downstairs and then turned around and then yeah. lie, lie, lay down. But I loved that because, again, and maybe it's just because they've got like middle-aged people playing villains, but mm. he didn't ever become the invincible villain. You no, know, a lot no. of the time with horror yeah. movies, once they are discovered, suddenly they just you, they just can't die. Yeah. He's like a 55-year-old man who's had a massive blow to the head and lost mm-hmm. a lot of blood and he's passed out a few times. Like, yeah. I, liked, I liked that more. Yeah. He never felt like an invincible villain. Just... You know, I mean, a little bit towards the very end, but yeah, a bit. Yeah. He's still, you know, not not to an unbelievable superhuman level. Mm-hmm. So she, he's now like passed out downstairs. She tries to sneak past him. She tries to get hold of the. There's a whole bit when she's trying to get hold of the phone. I'm just like, bitch, get out the house. Yeah, get out the house. There's other phones. Yeah, like, there's a neighbor really yeah. close. There was a whole. Do you not remember the neighbor yeah. from the start of the movie? I, I thought this would be a great moment to reintroduce Miranda Rosso. Yeah, just knock on her door. Yeah. But no. But she does eventually leave the phone because he twitches and then she just runs out. I was like, finally. Yeah. She jumps in the car, but he obviously chases her, manages to get into the back of the car. How on earth? Well, it's a big car. No, no, no. How on earth he managed to chase her? Like she didn't, she wasn't super slow getting in that car. She took, well, she was, no, she got to the wrong car. I know she she? went to the wrong car initially. Firstly, how do you go to the wrong car? I know. That's not a thing. It's a stressful moment. But then like last she saw him, he was lying down, passed out in his own blood. Yeah. From his head. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, this moment stretches it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, she starts... I feel like Harrison Ford, even at full health, couldn't uh, move that fast now. No, I'm sh- certainly not. He's like 78. Or, I mean, or then even. Or like, then, yeah. Then he was like 58. Yeah, he would have been 58. It's 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, he would have been 58. Yeah. yeah. So probably not, no. Yes, so she's driving the car desperately. She knows, I think she knows he's in the back, but she's just too scared to stop. Or, mm-hmm. or, you know. And then she gets halfway. She's trying to phone the police. That's it. And she needs to get halfway over the bridge mm-hmm. to get mobile cell reception, which was another <sighs> Chekhov's gun. But, yeah. yeah. But she's driving, driving. She stops in the middle of the road to try and call the police. He jumps out of the back, grabs her. Mm-hmm. The car veers out of control, mm-hmm. drives over the bridge into the water. Water flooding into the car, sinking quickly. You know, they're both in danger of drowning. He's like, well, I guess we're going to go down together. He kind of grabs onto her neck and he won't let her escape. Yeah. The car's filling with water and sinking. Yep. And then suddenly they come upon the floating decomposed body of the student his well it's like the boat that was behind them there was a boat being carried by the car yes and the mast of that boat just falls out and i really thought that was going to go through somebody yeah well they they teased that yeah yeah i really thought they're like okay that's going to go like through his head or something yeah and that's how he's gonna die yeah but no not at all Mm -hmm. so that like comes down through the car knocks all the windows out and then lands in the student's car which is sunk at the bottom of the lake so there's a big coincidence here as, yeah. to, as, to, as to where they're going into the lake it's very poetic for the film yeah and it disturbs the body and the body sort of floats out slowly floats out of the car and you're like oh now shit's gonna go down yeah and uh it does yeah well then the body kind of floats up towards them and then it opens its eyes very dramatically mm-hmm. and uh yeah the ghost comes back to life it seems and grabs harrison ford and drags him down into the water where he drowns yep and michelle pfeiffer manages to swim to freedom yeah and yeah, then the next scene we see she's in a graveyard, paying her respects to the body of the dead girl, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the end. It ends very abruptly. It's like, oh, and now it's over. Yeah, it does. So we're done. Yeah, yeah. So, which is how horror movies work. You don't yeah. really need to see a whole lot of. I was currently, I, I was kind of uh, expecting some sort of a cliffhanger. Yeah, not anything that was actually going to be followed up, but just like like a hand out the graveyard or something like something like that. Yeah, like maybe he's not dead or something. Sure. I, I, I don't know, but. Oh, like you see him floating at the bottom of the lake and then his eyes just go like, boom. Yeah, that, that, that's that sort of thing. Yeah. 
nothing that like the filmmakers would have expected it to be followed up with, yeah. but something. Yeah, this film dodges a lot of cliches, which I enjoyed. Like, it does. It make, yeah, I mean, it certainly engage indulges in some as well. But yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yes. it dodges some of the really obvious stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah I was overall pretty happy with it. Yeah, like, it could have been condensed, but it was very well acted. It maintained a level of fun. Yeah, definitely. It was very watchable. Yeah. Very watchable, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Even though it did kind of... I've, we both phased out in the middle. I wouldn't yeah. say that it got full-on boring. It wasn't boring. It was just like, oh, where's this going? It seems like it's meandering a little bit. But yeah. yeah. No, no. I really I really like this film. Yeah. I think it's a good film. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so drinking games. Yes, I have quite a few for this one. Sure. Do you want to go first then? Great. Yes, absolutely. So first off drink for boo moments like <laughs> normally i'd call those jump scares but for this yeah. movie it really is boo moments it's yeah very much that like there's a lot of them I've, I've got a similar one which is uh drink whenever a camera movement reveals something or someone that wasn't there before yes well that's what i was going to say the way this film is shot makes it's it really knows it's a ghost movie from mm. start to finish like there was a scene quite early on when literally Michelle Pfeiffer kind of quite forcefully pulls a plug out of the bath. Oh, yeah. And I kind of went, whoa. And I was like, what did I just jump at? She literally just like emptied <laughs> the bath. Like, just, it's just the way it's shot makes you think, oh, because the music and the yeah. the, an- the angles, it's just all like very like, whoop, whoop, whoop. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of times when like somebody is just taking up like the left half of the screen, for example, and the right half of the screen, there's just not really anything going on. Yeah, a lot of foregrounding. And, and yeah. like you're, you're just kind of like, Something's about to appear there, and mm. it doesn't always. Yeah. Like, it, in fact, it rarely does in the times where this happens in this film. And they really are just kind of building that tension by telling you that something's about to make you jump, but mm. it doesn't always actually make you jump. Yeah, but I think that's in many ways that's better because yeah. it, it really unsettles you. Because sometimes it happens, and sometimes it's just nothing. It's just a scene. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, drink for any single scene character. Oh yeah, I had this too. Drink every time a sing, drink every time a supporting character pops up purely to deliver exposition. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that about this. There's a lot of that. So in many people just crop up like to. Oh hey, remember that time when you your husband died, or when mm-hmm. this happened? You had that car accident, or yeah. yeah. There's so there's many. There's a lot of random people at parties. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Obscure daughters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Drink every time Michelle Pfeiffer peers over a fence. <laughs> okay, yeah. And or cuts herself. I was about to say, yeah, whenever she hurts herself as well, which is, it, it's in such a way in this that I I assumed it was foreshadowing something, yeah. but nothing came of it. Not really, no. It's just, yeah, she seems to constantly just be like, ow, ow. Like, she peer, she, like multiple times, she peers over a fence and then cuts herself on the way down. Yeah. And I don't know what that was for. <laughs> I don't know what that added. Um, also, drink whenever the dog is the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had uh, that. That dog was—he's part of my drinking game on Chekhov's guns because he was Chekhov, <laughs> he was Chekhov's dog. I yeah, because I really thought he was going to play a major role in this film. Yeah, he, again, yeah, yeah. He really comes and goes. Like there was a time when she was standing at the end of the pier, just sort mm. of looking out into nothingness, and it's all very eerie, and you feel like something's just about to happen, and the camera slowly pans round to show like the rest of the pair behind her, you're like, oh my God, what's going to be standing behind her? Yeah. And it's just the dog <laughs> is there. And like the dog barks at something off to the side and that's it. I thought the dog was possessed. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, is this dog going to get up and speak or mm. like, w- what's about to happen here? Yeah. Is, is the dog going to attack? I really thought the dog was going to attack her, but no, the dog like barks once and then just runs home. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that was nothing. 
Well, Thanks. when when Harrison Ford is go, going full evil and he is drowning Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. the dog jumps up on the bath and like looks at them both and goes like, ruff, ruff. Yeah. this looks weird. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, great. So the dog's going to save Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. There's going to be a big climactic fight. Or Harrison Ford's going to kill the dog and become a real villain. Sure, yeah. But I was more like, okay, there's going to be a climactic fight between the two of them. Mm. It's going to look like Harrison Ford's got the upper hand. And then the dog is going to jump in at the last minute, savage Harrison Ford, yeah. save Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. No, that dog does fuck all. Yeah. It's fucking useless. <laughs> that dog's like, where's my attention? Yeah. Which is probably, again, true to life about what a dog would be like in that scenario. But yeah, yeah it does. It amazes me how the dog really came and went. Like in the scenes when the dog's not directly on screen, that dog is not in the house. No. There's no question. That dog is <laughs> no. not in the house. Like, no. Th- th- no dogs are that quiet. You, know, you, can't have a, you can't have a spooky ghost movie haunted mm-hmm. house with a big dog because that no. dog is always going to make its presence known. Like, yeah. It, it does that in the Ouija scene, obviously. Well, doesn't the dog actually leave for a bit? Is, isn't that actually a thing where the dog just runs off and doesn't Michelle Pfeiffer say something about it? Just like I've not seen the dog for a while and then it just appears. <laughs> Maybe it was like a line of exposition. I don't know, but... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a game with the writers just like, guys, the, do- the, 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 dog. the dog should have been barking at this point. What what do we do? Yeah. Oh, they'll say the dog was lost for a while. Yeah, but yeah they, they didn't really go deep into it. They didn't make the dog disappearing no. any kind of plot line. So. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought, yeah, if you live in a house with a dog, that dog, you always know where that dog is exactly because it will never leave you alone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. My last one is drink for Chekhov guns. Yep. There are so right. many Chekhov guns in this movie. It really made me laugh. Like, and they don't, they don't all get fired. No, some of them stay unloaded. Yeah. But it's, it's like, it's Chekhov's artillery. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> so you've got the sedative when yeah. we find out Harrison Ford is a sedative doctor and he's like paralyzing all these rats. Yeah. You've got uh, the dog. I think the dog counts, definitely. Oh, yeah. My favorite one is quite early on in the movie when they're driving and they're having this very inorganic conversation about, oh, you know, you can't get signal to you on the center of the bridge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you phone them up? Because we're not on the center of the bridge yet. You know, you can't get signal to you on the center of the bridge. Well, wait till you get the center. Look, we're at the center. Now we have full signal. I'll, I'll phone them now. It's like... Was, was mobile data that bad? Yes. But the point is that it's clearly, it's clearly just to set up the final chase oh yeah 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 but it was so inorganic like dialogue that nobody in their right mind would ever say like, mm. yeah what are you saying that he murdered his wife is that so ridiculous she was terrified and now she doesn't answer the door but her car is sitting in the garage maybe she was out or in bed with the flu or maybe she was abducted by aliens for all we know restaurant let them know we're running late no we're not at the center of the bridge you can't get service until we're at the center of the bridge i know we're not at the center of the bridge there. See? Well, that's a relief. You got any more? No, I'm done. Okay. Well, if you've enjoyed all these drinking games, and if you enjoyed our chat so far, and if you're expecting that you're going to enjoy the sequel pitches that we've got prepared, then please do consider subscribing to patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset, where you can get more of all of that, because we do extended versions of the main show. Mm-hmm. You can get more drinking games, more sequel pictures, a little bit more chat about the movie, more listen submissions, just more bang for your buck, yep. basically. We also do bonus episodes. We do a 30-second advert slot on the main show. Mm-hmm. You, or you can advertise whatever you want, your own podcast, your own business, whatever you feel like. You also get access to our exclusive Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's one more thing. Oh, yes. Um, every month, um, including today, uh, we do a Patreon episode where a random Patreon member gets to pick the episode for us. You can guess if you want to, but you don't have to. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash set. Subscribe for as much or as little as you want. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws? 
which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes. I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So, sequels, what do you got for me then, John? Oh, are you not going first? Well, I've only got one, so I thought that you might have more than one. Maybe you could go. Okay, sure. Yeah, I've, I think I've got two, maybe. I've got, I've, I've got two for definite and one that's kind of a meh. So, maybe the meh can be... Well, great. Well, go 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 one, go meh, then I'll do mine, and then you do your other one. Okay. So my first idea idea is based on the dropped plot line of uh, Miranda Otto and her husband, who okay. Michelle Pfeiffer thinks has killed yep. her husband. Yep. Uh, sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer thinks the husband has killed Miranda Otto. Yeah. And that, this, this film has a lot of openings for sequels, doesn't it? It does. It actually does have a lot going on. So yeah. this whole plot line really does disappear because, mm. like. She thinks she's seen him throw the body into the back of the car, mm-hmm. but then it turns out they see them at the party, and then like nothing else happens after that. But mm-hmm. it doesn't. Exp- it leaves a lot of. It leaves a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. Like what was going on with them? Why are they so weird? Mm-hmm. What was with the bloodied sandal? Like mm-hmm. you just don't know because this yeah, film well, yeah just doesn't tell you. So I was thinking, okay, what if you had a side movie mm-hmm. that was more from their perspective? Mm-hmm. And maybe what actually happened was that, because they don't really get to know the neighbors. She, she never gets a clear look at the neighbor mm. at Miranda Otto until after she's sees her at the party. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe the guy really did murder his wife mm-hmm. and Miranda Otto is the wife's twin. Some, uh, yeah, but she, doesn't, be, she could be somebody else. She could be someone else. But I was thinking, do you remember that yeah. terrible film we saw a couple of years ago, Suburbicon, with Julia Moore and oh, Matt yeah. Damon? I uh, barely remember it, but yeah. Julia Moore plays twins. Uh, that's the only thing I remember from yes. it. And one twin is uh, Matt, Matt Damon, is it? Was it Matt Damon? Yeah. Kill, yeah, yeah. Matt Damon kills his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt Damon murders his wife because he's having an affair with his wife's twin sister, both of whom are played by Julia Moore. God, that film sounds so good. It really wasn't, though. No, it wasn't. No, it was <laughs> terrible. It was a great idea, terribly executed. Yeah. This would do it better. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. But yeah, I'm thinking what... what <laughs> so, if... Sorry, do you know this pitch that my, it, it, my idea is just going to be better than another film? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a better director than that is Steven literally... Soderbergh or whatever it that was. Is, it was George Clooney. It's literally all I've got for this, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, maybe it's from the perspective of the husband. Mm. And then, yeah, he, he's having an affair with his wife's twin sister. Mm-hmm. And between the two of them, they are plotting to bump off the wife. And maybe the wife is uh, very... Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and maybe the wife is, like, very emotionally unstable because she mm-hmm. seemed to be in this movie. Yeah. And, yeah, so they're planning to bump her off so that they can stay together. But they move into this new neighborhood bef- before the murder. You know, before mm-hmm. this happens, they move into this new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the next-door neighbor is this very kind of brittle-seeming waspy lady... <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> waspy. That is such a good description from Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, she's very waspy. Um, who is very suspicious. And yeah. it starts like 
sticking her nose in where it's not wanted. Mm. And then the murder happens that they do actually murder yeah. his wife. But then Michelle Pfeiffer is incredibly suspicious and keeps sniffing around the house and yeah. they have to figure out a way to put her off the scent. Definitely. Yeah. So then they have to start living together as husband and wife and going to all these parties just so they can be like, hey, look, I didn't kill my wife. My wife's right here. Well, I think that as well as that, mm. they should be making efforts to try and make Michelle Pfeiffer look like she's going insane. Yes. So they start, maybe they're actually part of this. Maybe they're actually, they, they're not time. like actively working with Harrison Ford. They, mm-hmm. they have no idea what his whole oh, yeah. deal is. Yeah. But they are working to undermine her mental stability when they realize that oh this woman's a little bit crazy yeah that okay let's play on that let's work together to yeah. drive her nuts so a lot of the ghost call a plumber stuff, we want this we want this tap above the bath to work yeah. really well yeah all because there was a lot of stuff in the movie that i think was that harrison ford or was that just the ghost so yeah, I don't know. yeah maybe they're not working with harrison ford but they just independently are tormenting her by making her think that she's living in a haunted house yeah with the goal of driving her insane and ruining her credibility in case she yeah. ever testifies against them yep and then, see, so yeah, it's, it's it's a whole movie from the perspective of the murderers while they're trying to put this woman who suspects them on the wrong track. Then she ends up killing her husband, Harrison Ford. Oh, what if the... Oh, no, that doesn't work. Oh, damn it. Um, I was going to say, what if the, uh, the the twin that comes in on the scene yeah. um, is the mother of the dead missing girl? but that doesn't quite work because we do actually meet that mother. I was just going to say, like, maybe that she's got some investment in trying to oh, unco- she... uncover this murder and, like, make sure that Harrison Ford gets what he deserves. Maybe she's the... And, old... and, and so there's this whole grand plan to just, like, okay, well, let's just make him and Michelle Pfeiffer just go at it. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer, she looks like she can stick up for herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, maybe Miranda also, as both these, these both of these twins are the older sisters of the girl who Harrison Ford killed. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that works. That yes. works. Yeah. So Brilliant. it's a very, it's a very complicated plot. But basically, <laughs> one twin kills the other twin. Yeah. But is also trying to get revenge for the murder of her younger sister. Yep. And so they move in next to Harrison Ford. Yep. Try and drive Michelle Pfeiffer crazy, as revenge. A because Michelle Pfeiffer is snooping around where she's not wanted and she's getting close mm-hmm. to cracking their murder case. But B also because they want revenge on Harrison Ford. Yeah. So they want to drive his wife crazy. Yeah. And then when Michelle Pfeiffer kills Harrison Ford, they're actually quite happy because that was what they wanted as well. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a whole parallel movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That works. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it goes a bit further. Maybe they end up somehow being, getting caught or I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel you might, it's a weird way to end. Maybe the villains just get away with it though. I don't know. But Yeah, I guess. Um, oh, very good. Oh, I yeah. like that. Uh, do you want my Met idea? Or you? Yeah, let's give it a go. I might, I might wrap my Met idea in with my other main idea, which I'll... Okay, we'll leave yeah, it. Yeah, you then. do yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, so mine is called What Lies Beyond. What Lies Beyond? Dot, 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 The Grave. Ah, okay. I like mm-hmm. it, yeah. So this one's, again, centers around a, uh, a, a character in this film, and mm-hmm. it's going to be another side call. Oh, good, okay. Um, it's going to center around Michelle Pfeiffer's daughter. Oh, okay, the, the daughter you never see. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was called Caitlin, it turns out. Cool. She went to college and presumably had her own thing going on. Sure, of course, yeah. Uh, she has no idea her mum's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I've got written here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Caitlin is a bit of a nerd and finds it difficult to make any friends. You know, she's just moved to university, doesn't know anybody, maybe it's in a different state or something, who knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, she doesn't actually get on with her roommate either. Mm-hmm. So she's really struggling social life-wise and not even her mum will pick up her calls for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> mum <Mom> is <laughs> distracted. She's got other, <laughs> pre- she is preoccupied. She's got other things going on. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, because her social life isn't really taken off, she puts her energy into her schoolwork okay. and spends a lot of evenings at the library. One evening when she's staying late, an older student comes in and comes over to speak to her. She finds him quite handsome. Okay. It's inexplicably played by Harrison Ford. As a student? De-aged. It, it needs to be him, though. Not it, it, it can look a bit iffy. Okay. So you couldn't have the guy who played Han Solo I, I, in I, I, the Solo movie? I mean, maybe you could, but I, I, I don't think so. It, it needs to be that us, the viewers, are like, oh, that's Harrison Ford. What's it, what, like young Harrison Ford, what's he doing here? Okay. It's, it's, that's a stretch. He's literally <laughs> 58 in the original movie. That's de-aging. It, I mean, that, it's still, it's a huge... St- I mean, can you imagine if they de-aged Robert De Niro and put him in a rom-com with, like, I mean, they Selena Gomez? They literally de-aged Robert De Niro loads for The Irishman. Yeah, but it, not so much that he was, like, 20 and in a rom-com. It, 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 he was, like... Was he? He was supposed to be, like, 20 or 30 or something. Well, in that case, that did not take. In, in, in the bottom of the Irishman. Yeah, it was a bit off, but yeah. yeah. Okay, no, fine. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. Fine. But anyway, yeah, let's just, yeah. Okay. Because she finds him handsome, she doesn't uh, notice the similarities to her stepdad. Sure. Yeah. Who, she doesn't realise, is actually dead by this point, because there's maybe a few days into... Oh, wow, okay. Um, you can see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, so she doesn't realise... So it, is it the ghost of her It is the ghost of her stepdad. It's the ghost yeah. of her stepdad. Wow, okay. And is this him, like, coming back from the afterlife to seduce her as revenge on Michelle Pfeiffer for killing him? Yeah, basically. I'm, okay. I'm not, I've not really got very much here, but, yeah, that's pretty much where I was going with this. Okay. Let's just see what else I've got written here. I've, I've got yeah, I like how it's as much of a surprise to you as to anyone else. So. <laughs> what did I write? Ah, uh, yeah, so after they have a bit of conversation in the library, he has to go for whatever reason. He's, I don't know, he's got plans. I don't know. But she didn't catch his name, mm-hmm. and so she goes and she asks the librarian or something, who was that person? Mm-hmm. And apparently he didn't check in. No idea. Oh, it's it's a nope, mysterious nope. relationship where like nobody else sees him apart from her. Yeah, they're always meeting alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that sort of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that go? Okay, so yeah, so she's she's feeling very lonely. She's isolated from the, from the other students. Yep. And this guy's like a real, almost like a knight in shining armor, mm. like just her most vulnerable. Exactly. Moment. He just yeah. Comes out of nowhere, and they have this like very steamy, you know, romance. Yeah. There's something familiar and comforting about him, but she can't quite place it. Yes, and there's definitely something off as well. Yeah. Something to the bit of. Ultimately, I don't really know where this is, where, 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 what the end game of this is. Mm-hmm. I think that probably she's going to start up a, a bit of a relationship with him. Yeah. And eventually, like maybe it comes to Christmas or whatever, she's going to take him home to, uh, to, go, to go meet her parents. It's awkward. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he's playing like a long game to try and like frame Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm, yeah. And so he wants to use the daughter to kind of drive the mum insane or to like make the mum look more insane. So maybe like uh, Caitlin does take him home to go and meet Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, mum, I've got this new boyfriend. What do you think? And uh, Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't really want to say anything right away. Mm-hmm. Um, just but she sees it. Yeah, but, 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 she, but, sees but the, she sees it. The younger man that she once dated, but with, yeah. when they were both young. So, yeah, she, yeah. But, but Michelle Pfeiffer is like, well, it'd be too crazy of me to say like, hey, this looks like the the 20-year-old version of like my murderous ex-husband. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, here's the thing. Maybe it's not a ghost. Yep. Maybe Harrison Ford had a secret son who can also be played okay. by Harrison Ford. Okay. De-aged. But yeah, and this, because it seems like he was a bit of a 
lying character. Before he got with Michelle Pfeiffer, he had this son, or he had this son from another affair he had. In a different... oh, son actually works, yeah. Yeah, and so this it actually turns out this guy who looks suspiciously like her stepfather mm. is in fact her stepfather's illegitimate child, mm-hmm. who all he knows is that his father was murdered mm-hmm. by his crazy bitch wife. Yeah. And so he's seducing the daughter to try and worm his way into the family so he can get destroy the them all. Yeah, and get his inheritance I, I'm, back. I was thinking, yeah, because yeah, like that, that house was a big thing. It was a big plot point in this movie. Yes, it was. And it's house. a beautiful house. And it yeah. maybe, and if he thinks, well, that belonged to my grandfather. Mm. And it was because it, it was Harrison Ford's father yeah. who owned the house, not Michelle Pfeiffer's father. She only got it through marriage. Mm-hmm. And this daughter was never Harrison Ford's mm. yeah. kid. It was his stepkid. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he feels like it's his birthright because he, he is actually a blood relation of Harrison Ford and okay, Harrison Ford's yeah. father. Yeah. So, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer sees him as like, well, he looks very much like my recently deceased murderous mm. psychopathic husband, but yeah. that seems kind of crazy, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah. And then a lot of crazy shit starts happening to the mother and the daughter, and it turns out that he has been out orchestrating the whole thing to try and kill them both off mm. so that he can then inherit the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like I, 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that we then see, from his point of view, how he orchestrates things that makes it look like they're being haunted by a ghost? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to watch that. Yes. I think that would just that would just be really fun. It's it's, it's yeah, it's 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 very pranky. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. yeah. Again, there's, there's, lots of there's, lots there's of, there's a lot of like, so, somebody turns around and then he just like just from behind a shelf just like pokes a picture off yes. or something, yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then he's just like, oh, just hide. Yeah, he's uh, fully home aloneing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, think there's, I think there's definitely something there, for yep. sure. Yeah. It's just all about the inheritance. Yes, definitely. Mm. That's always a... That's, money's always a good motivator. Money's always a good motivator movies. for yeah. Killers, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. So Money that was, and revenge. So that was uh, What Lies Beyond. What Lies Beyond. Dot, 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 the grave. Okay, sure. Maybe Beyond the Family Tree, now that we've changed it. but Could do, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have one more, but also I have a... Well, my met one, which I might try and wrap into my main one, was it's mentioned briefly in a exposition scene, one mm-hmm. of many, that Michelle Pfeiffer, before she was with Harrison Ford, she was in a relationship with a musician who died, right, who is yeah. presumably the father of the daughter. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe... Yeah, I forgot about that daughter. Yeah. How could you forget? <laughs> How could you forget? So perhaps after the events of the original, or at some point, Michelle Pfeiffer starts getting haunted again mm. by the ghost of her dead rock star husband. Yeah. So rock star husband. Yeah, because he was a musician. So oh, I, I right. mean, he could have been a cello player. I don't know, but I'm just assuming rock star. Yeah, I assumed it was more of a, a more of a classical thing. But if you want to make him sting or whatever, then I was yeah, think, sure. I, I'm thinking it's funny if he's sting. Okay, yeah, cool. But, yeah, so so like <laughs> she's walking around the house and she's just hearing like I don't know guitar solos on the wind and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, Roxanne. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere she goes, she just hears stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So that was good. You were very high then. I've never heard you sing like that before. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, that's all I really had. Just that it's like a rock star haunting Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. Okay. Which rock star do you want to go? Do you want to go Sting or do you want to go somebody Probably a bit more like Sting? A bit more spooky, like Ozzy Osbourne or something. I don't want to make it cartoonish. Okay. No, I think I think someone like Sting will be funny because oh, because he has that whole song about stalking. You know, oh, of course. You go. Yeah. yeah. She's no. hearing that on the wind as well. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a spooky possessive Sting type. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Sting. Yeah. Sting will be a good murderous ex-boyfriend. You know, ghost kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all I have for that. Okay. That's literally it. He just gives her lots of messages in bottles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's on the lake, and then a message washes up, and it's. She's on the lake and then a, a message in a bottle yeah. hits the shore. She opens it and it's like, I know what you did. Like It's, <laughs> it's all that old, yeah. All of it 
all, oh, the, all the stink hits. Anything else we can tie in there? I was thinking like, yeah. Is it set in New York? Was he an Englishman in, in New York? Yeah, I was Jeremy, trying to think about that one. I said, I've gone to Desert Rose. Oh, in. So many sting songs. Wait a minute. Let me just have a quick browse of the best of them. There might be a the best of stink. <laughs> what? The, I, I've always got it ready. I know you do. You're <laughs> so middle of the road. Can't stand losing you. I don't know that one very well. No, no. okay. If you love somebody, set them free. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By drowning them in a lake. Yeah. <laughs> don't stand so close to me. You're making me cold with all your ghost energy. Yes, there you go. There's a, maybe Sting actually is a ghost. So lonely. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. So it all, there's it definitely... All together, yeah, yeah. Okay. That yeah. had more meat on the bones than I thought. Okay, that was literally all I had. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but my main one, my final one, okay. my biggest idea. Okay. So my final one is, uh, the idea is that it, it's an actual sequel. So it's 20 years later. So, you mm-hmm. know, present day Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. So she's been living as kind of a widow ever since Harrison Ford died. Uh, but she still had her daughter, obviously. Mm-hmm. But maybe her and her daughter drifted apart a little bit over the years. Her daughter went to university, kind of, kind of had a rough life, maybe. Maybe she went off the rails a little bit, a little bit off the tracks and became a bit of a wild child. Mm-hmm. Anyway. In this film, 20 years later, her daughter actually passes away. Yeah. Doesn't matter how, just something happens. She dies. Yeah. Uh, but she, it turns up before she died, she had her own infant daughter. So Michelle Pfeiffer is now a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as the only blood relative, she inherits this child mm-hmm. to raise, to, to like look after. And yeah, so maybe she's not, maybe it's like the first she's heard from her daughter in years. Maybe her daughter literally disappeared, went out on the road, you know, properly dropped off the radar. They mm-hmm. probably became estranged. And then she gets the terrible news that her daughter has died and mm. she's devastated, but she hasn't spoken to her in years. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. But she, at this moment, she also learns that her daughter actually had a child of her own like five years ago. Right. And now she's got this granddaughter that she never knew, but because she's the closest living relative, mm. she gets immediate custody of this granddaughter. How old is the granddaughter? Like five years old. Right. Very, like young, to- I'm thinking toddler, like, because that's the yeah. best age for a horror movie. You know, yeah. like, I'm thinking like creepy toddler. Something. Oh, oh right. Okay. I'm going for creepy toddler. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so she like, really dotes on this little girl. She tries to like do all the things right that she maybe feels like she did wrong with her own daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's putting a lot, putting a lot of emotion into this relationship. Yeah. And they're still in the fabulous lake house, basically. Great. Great. But as time goes by, mysterious things start to happen. Once again, mm-hmm. the house starts to feel haunted and uh, strange things start to take place. So Michelle Pfeiffer is once again, facing like paranormal experiences. The house is, seems haunted. She's lots of weird stuff with bathtubs and mm-hmm. whatever, wh- whatever have you. But basically what I'm thinking is, so Michelle Pfeiffer is now paranoid and wondering whether her own dead daughter is trying to reach her from beyond the grave and get revenge for maybe like stealing her child or something. Whereas in the first film, she's haunted by the idea that her daughter's left and gone away and she's like an empty nester. In this one, she's haunted by this idea that maybe she's like failed as a mother and because her daughter didn't have a happy life when she died, Mm -hmm. that like she's haunted by the guilt that she wasn't a good enough mother. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the psychological thing behind it but maybe actually there's also a thing like okay is it that is it a, is it a psychological thing that she is blaming herself for her daughter's bad life choices and that's driving her insane and causing her to fantasize about all this crazy shit or is the little kid the granddaughter actually evil okay yeah. and maybe the little evil granddaughter killed her own mother mm-hmm. and so michelle mm-hmm. Fiverr's like is it me is it her it's mm. like it's, it's, it's like a psychological yeah yeah it's a whole like psychological thriller vibe basically is what I'm going for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's all I had, but I thought that could be like quite a good tense. And I don't know what the answer is, what, whether it is the kid or whether it's just like her own guilt manifesting, but 
I'd like to keep it open. Yeah, I like, it's just. Like, it's like, like, I don't know how you could do it, but get to the end of the movie and you just still not, don't know. not have that answered and just leave that completely up to the audience. Yeah. Like maybe Michelle Pfeiffer goes fully insane and gets like dragged off to a mental health institution. Mm. But then at the last minute, we get like a red eyed shot of the door. So looking direct at the camera, it's like, well, what could it be? That, that feels too, too on decisive, the nose. though. Too on the nose, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the, the minute you see that, you're like, oh, okay, well, then the daughter was, or the granddaughter or whatever, is. is is evil so mm. okay okay yeah maybe something a bit more subtle where it could be one way or it could be the other yeah, yeah. but yeah i like that yeah okay yeah i think that, i think that's got something yeah. yeah did i have a title what lies beneath the bloodline nice yeah nice yeah i was thinking the next generation nah. no no we'll get, you've already done beyond let's not get too star trekky oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought beyond i was thinking more like beyond the box set that yeah was... yeah so no I, just, I, I thought you were <laughs> gonna do a star trek thing but obviously yeah. you didn't so yeah Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, that's that. Have you got listener submissions then? I do. So what do we have here? Uh, so we have a few here. Uh, Rob London said, well, this is the one that I was going to read out when I thought I was going to surprise you with this news, but it sounds like we're going to do <laughs> What Lies Beneath Spirit of Vengeance, because it was written by Agent Coulson. The sequel incorporates it into the MCU. Ah, so, yes, uh, yes. Very good. So that would have been a great mic drop if you hadn't already figured that out. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jay- I don't know about a great mic drop, but no. just like, oh, really? Yeah, it's not the most exciting. Yeah. Whatever. Ryan Klima said, What Lies Repeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What Lies yeah. That's a sequel, Repeat, yeah. Kieran Cowan said, Is this the one where the murderer did it? <laughs> very good. And finally, Gabriel Hinojosa said, What Stands on Top. Nice. What Lies Beneath, What Stands on Top. Yeah, very good. Cool, okay. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your sequel pitches every week, a few days before we record, by posting it on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So do like and subscribe if you would like to learn more about that. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse up a catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really helps us to uh, stay on the charts, so please do keep reviewing us if you feel like you enjoy the show. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, it's yep. a new week. Yeah. We're moving away from ghost stories for Yes, a while. we have finished our ghost season. Thank goodness that mm. none of us got too haunted while nope. we were doing this spooky Halloween season. Yeah, I think we would come out of it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. How, do you, how, how do you rank the films? I would say Ghost, Clear Top. Yep. Very entertaining. Yep. What Lies Beneath. Yep. Beetlejuice. Sure. The Frighteners. No offense, Phil. The Frighteners was good. They were all good. There were no like real bombs, but the uh, Frighteners didn't quite do it for me. No, nah, I'm putting Beetlejuice at the bottom, but other than okay. that, I'm with you. Yeah. So your ghost, what lies beneath Frighteners, Beetlejuice? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I, the, the Frighteners, I feel like I had something going for it. Beetlejuice, I feel like I only had nostalgia going for it. Possible. I mean, I I, I have that nostalgia though. So I know. Yeah, yeah. I know you do. Yeah. I know that you liked Tim Burton. Yeah. Well, I don't love him, but I have. I I like him more than you do. So mm, okay. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> So Sweeney Todd next week, yeah? No! <laughs> no. Veto on all Tim Burton films forever. Okay, well, what are we doing then? Um, okay, so we're doing a film that has a very good cast. Okay. I'm going to read out some of the cast members and see if you can guess what the film is. Okay. I don't think you will. Okay. <laughs> consider Prove- it a challenge. <laughs> Prove me wrong. So, uh, starring the main character is Simon Pegg. We also have Eddie Izzard and Joanna Lumley in this. Okay. It's not one of those St. Trinian movies, is it? No. Thank we God. have... All of Monty Python. This feels like it's going to be a disaster. And we have the final film that Robin Williams did. Blimey, really? Yep. Robin Williams' final cinema appearance. I don't think I know. Simon Pegg starred in it. Yeah. 
Was it a hit? Uh, it was a six IMDb. I've not seen it, so I'm, I'm taking a punt here. Okay. Um, it's called Absolutely Anything. I have no idea about this film. No, I feel like it really flew under the radar. I remember, I think I remember seeing like a trailer for it once and thinking like, ah, and that was it. Okay. And it, was, it was just purely based on like, based on the cast and maybe a bit of a concept. I think Robin Williams is a talking dog. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. And it's literally the last thing he ever did. According to IMDb, yes. Blimey. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. Join okay, in. That, join that's, in that a, for that's a wild card, but sure. Absolutely, absolutely everything. Okay. Yeah. It's it's it, it's quick. It's now it's now twenty five. So, sure. so there's not a lot of commitment going on there. Okay, fine. No, no, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm intrigued. We'll see. There's the poster. It's very clearly a comedy. <laughs> okay, okay. No, that that does look interesting. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of Simon Pegg doing a Jesus pose behind Kate Beckinsale and a very expressive dog. Yeah. With the voice of Robin Williams. Okay. Yes. Wearing a tie and glasses. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I reckon this. I reckon this is going to be terrible. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But hey, I mean, I, not to get too dark, but one of the main stars decided life wasn't worth living short after making it. So, <laughs> whoa, too well, soon, John. Okay, too soon. Sorry. Too oh, soon. I skip that out. God, not on that bombshell. On that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> thank you, listeners. <laughs> see you next week for absolutely anything. Yeah. See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I'm not crazy!